0: We're going to take a moment now to dismiss our children upstairs for our kids' crew worship time. So, our kids who are 6th grade and under will make their way upstairs, along with our leaders. Parents, you'll be able to retrieve them after worship is over with today. We're going to be in James chapter 3 this morning. James chapter 3, looking at a passage that, quite honestly, is uh, very, very practical. Uh, I I don't know a better way to to say it. I mean, it just this this passage this morning from James 3 ought to hit every one of us where we live every day of our lives because we're talking about our words, about the things that we say. James chapter 3. I want to begin by reading the passage and then we're going to come back to it and we're going to break it down and, and look in detail at what James is writing to us here. So read with me starting in verse 1, James chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. We put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us. We guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue. what James is teaching us about here, again, in, in this continuing context of how our faith ought to be implemented in our lives, how the faith that we profess ought to change the way that we live, the, the very next thing that he's giving us is that we should control our words. And so, throughout this passage, of course, we see that he's talking about the tongue, the power of the tongue, the. The taming of the tongue, even, and I'm going to throughout my message this morning, I'm going to refer to this as our words, right? Because, in in James' own day, the tongue would have made good sense to them. That would have been the way that they would have spoken of this. But today, we don't talk much about our tongue. We talk more about our words. But it's the same thing that he's talking about. He's talking about. The words that we speak, the things that come out of our mouths, the words that roll off our tongues, so, so to speak. And so I want to talk this morning about how our words matter. Words matter, don't they? Think about it. I mean, we, uh, we, we play games centered around words, right? Maybe you've got the Words with Friends app on your phone, and you, and you play Word with Friends. Maybe... Uh, maybe you, you've played Scrabble, you know. We play games based around words. Think about, think about the phrases that we, that we say that have to do with the power, the meaning of words, right? We, uh, when we're upset, we want to have a word with someone. Were you ever in trouble as a child and you were told, okay, choose your words wisely, right? I mean, words, words matter in our lives. And this passage this morning teaches us that because words matter, then we ought, to, we ought to give great attention to our words and understand that ultimately taming the tongue, or in, in other words, having control, self-control over the things that we matter, is a reflection of where we are in our faith. And so let's dig in this morning and, and let's look at this. In your sermon guide on the back of, of your bulletin, there's a place where you can follow along. And of course, the first point we've made already, that words Matter. But here is why words matter. Because words have power. Now, maybe when you were young, like me, you learned a rhyme that went like this, right? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You heard that, right? It's a lie. It's a lie. You were lied to. If you ever learned that, you were lied to, right? Because words can hurt you. Why? Because words have power. Words have power, and perhaps. Words have more power than, than just about anything else. We've even heard, you've heard the, the quote before that the pen is mightier than the sword, right? There are so many ways in which we understand the power that words have. Think about, think about the power of words. Think of some of the, the, these examples that I want to give you about the power of words. Have you ever been in a fight with someone or upset with someone over words that were spoken between the two of you, then you know the power of words. You know that words matter. Have you ever been have you ever been disappointed or brokenhearted because of some words that someone shared? Then you know the power of words. Have you ever experienced joy and elation, the, the highest of highs because of words? Then you know that words matter, right? Think about these phrases, I love you, I'm proud of you, will you marry me, I do, it's a boy, it's a girl, think about words like, we need to talk, words like, there's nothing we can do, well, the results have come back in. Words have power, don't they? Because words convey information, they convey, they convey emotion, they convey understanding, they convey ideas. Words are, in many ways, the vehicles of expression for what's inside of us. And that's exactly why James is teaching that our words are connected to our relationship with the Lord, our faith put into practice in our lives. Because words matter. Words give life, this passage teaches us, right? Words give life. You have the power, the ability with your words to give life or to take it. You can build others up or you can tear them down with your words. Words give life. Not only that, words bring ruin. In Proverbs, it talks about how uh, You'll know a fool when he opens his mouth. I'm paraphrasing there. But essentially, our words convey what's inside of us, right? Words can bring ruin because we can say foolish things, unwise things. We we can say mean, hurtful things. Our, Our words can bring ruin in our lives. Our words can sing praises. Even in this passage, it tells us that out of the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. Our words are used to sing praises. When we sing songs, when we read scripture, when we and it doesn't always even mean in our relationship to the Lord, just with others. When we, when we build others up, when we lift them up, when we praise people, our, our words have power to sing praises. But similarly, our words can also offer curses as well. So here's what I want you to see when we think about this. There is, maybe in many ways we would say, a, a, a good side and a bad side to our our words, there is a positive or a negative effect that our words can have, but ultimately here 's why words matter is because when we when we boil it all down, our words reveal the heart, they reveal what 's inside of us. Your words reveal your heart, and so in that way we, we need to Weigh carefully, consider carefully our words. So here's what I want us to do as we we dig into this passage and just work our way through what is being taught in this passage. I want us to begin by understanding that our words matter because our words are connected with what's on the inside of us. Your words ultimately will reveal your heart. And so what you say is of the utmost importance. In this passage we we see a lot about words. In fact, beginning in the first few verses, James tells us that not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now this is a great this is a great word for those who, are, who feel the call to teach, those who feel the call to leadership, especially any, any, of, any of our people in the room, whether you're young or old, but most especially to our young people, any of you that feel a prompting, a leadership from, from God that, that maybe He wants to use you in ministry someday, you need to weigh carefully what's, what, what you say, the power, the impact of your words because He says plainly that teachers will be judged by a great, with a, with a greater strictness, they will be judged. I would say by by a higher standard. Those who lead, those who are called to teach, why? Because it's with their words that teachers teach, right? Teachers use their words to teach, to convey ideas and thoughts and understanding, to to give instruction. Words have power that we see that not only in the life of a teacher, but also. In, in the way that we live, he goes on to say that if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Able to bridle his whole body, he says, and then he gives these examples of how the words relate to the direction of our lives, right? The, the bridle, the, the bit that's in the mouth of the horse, the rudder that's attached to the great ship. The idea is that something as simple as and as small even as a word has the power to change the course of direction of your life, because words matter. Words matter. And so, ultimately, we are accountable for our words. Now, throughout our study in James, we've seen that there's a connection, a very close connection between the teaching of Jesus, the half-brother of James, and what James is writing. Oftentimes, James is elaborating on themes, things that come directly from the ministry, the life of Jesus, and especially we see a strong connection, a strong link between the book of Matthew and the, the book of James. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says plainly that we will be judged by the content of our words. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, what Jesus is, is saying is that ultimately our words reveal what's inside of us. The same as what James is teaching us here as well, right? And so when Jesus says that by our words we will be justified, by our words we will be condemned, he's pointing us to this truth that our words reveal what's going on inside of us. Our words reveal our heart. So if your heart is justified, it will come out with the words that you speak. And similarly, if your heart is, is still uh, wicked, if, if it's still bent inward toward self and selfish desires, That too will be obvious in the words that you speak. And so he's pointing us to the fact that we are all going to be accountable for our words. So how then do we, how do we get control of our words? If words have such power, if words have the ability to set the course, the direction of our lives, if they can give life or ruin, if they can sing praises or offer curses, if our words reveal what's going on in our heart, then how, how are we to, How are we to tame our tongue, as he says in this passage? Well, here's the good news. You can't, all right? That's that's essentially what James teaches. That's not so good news. But it is when we understand the heart behind what James is intending to share with us here. You cannot tame your tongue, at least, I would say, not on your own power. Because taming the tongue requires self-control. It requires a level of self-control that is unnatural, uncommon to us. And yet, what do we see in Galatians chapter 5? What is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Self-control. And so the key to understanding how we are to tame the tongue is that really, ultimately, you can't tame your tongue. It's the work of the Holy Spirit inside of the believer that has the power to tame the tongue, as James would say, or has the power to help control our words. And that's why we understand what John MacArthur says. I even have this quote in your notes, that nowhere is the relationship between faith and works more evident than in a person's speech. Throughout our study in James, we've been talking about faith that works, the connection, the relationship between our faith and our works. And what James is teaching us is that there is, a, there is an unbreakable link between our faith and our works that we will see in the words that we say. Your speech ultimately will reveal what's going on, which is why, of course, he says that no one can tame the tongue, No human being, that's plainly how he says it in verse 8, right? No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. But the point is that through the power of God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us can give us the self-control that we lack on our own. The Holy Spirit inside of us, the fruit of that Spirit's work, can produce in us the control that is needed to to tame the tongue. But clearly, clearly James is teaching us that this is one of the hardest things that we will wrestle with. And anyone who's been a believer for any time at all can relate and would understand, would say, you know what, I agree. Because one of the hardest things for me to do is to control my words. Not just my actions even, but my words. The things that I say, when I was younger, when, when, someone would, when someone would say something that was foul, when someone would say something that was profane, I would often say, you kiss your mother with that mouth, right? You, maybe you've heard someone say that before too, right? You kiss your mama with that mouth? The idea being, think about the Think about the, the, the words that you're saying. Think about, think about what's coming out of your mouth. And yet, I want, I want you to think about this, okay, in a way that's even more profound. I want you to think about, do you praise God with that mouth? He says here that out of the same mouth come praises, come blessing, and cursing. It says, with it, with our mouths, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Again, this points us to the fact that we need to understand that our words have power because the same mouth that was given to us by God so that we might be able to praise Him, that we might be able to communicate with Him, that we might be able to sing His praises and, and, and share His love is the same mouth that we offer up careless words with the same mouth that we use to give blessing we also use to give curses so we need to understand the power of our words so here's here's my challenge to you this week my challenge to you is this is that you would develop a greater awareness even a greater sensitivity to the words that you say because what happens in my life, and I know that this is true in your life as well, because I know that you and I aren't, aren't that different. What happens in my own life is that oftentimes I'll say things foolishly, say things that are careless, and it's not until after the words have come out of my mouth that I even realize what I've done, right? And what I pray for in my own life, what I want to challenge you to pray for in, in your life is, that God, give me... The, the filter give me the the filter of your holy spirit give me the the control of your holy spirit in my life that these things that are natural to me that are a part of my sinful selfish nature lord that that i would begin to recognize those things and that they would be brought under your control and your power at work in me give me that filter that helps me to to change the things that i say and recognize before those words even come out that i ought not to say this Because there's a direct relationship between our faith and our works that is evident, that is obvious in the words that we speak. So if you want to be judged, if you want to be judged as one who offers forth praises, if you want to be judged as one who, who uses their words in a way that give life, that bring, that bring blessing and not curses, if you want to be judged as one whose words might be measured in such a way that, that God speaks through you, that your words are life-giving, your words are praise-worthy, your words are excellent, then this is what you have to do. You have to first focus on your heart. Because, as we've said, ultimately, your words reveal what's in your heart. And so, oftentimes, what we try to do is we, we try to reverse-engineer the process. We think, okay, well... If my words matter, then what I need to do is just really be aware of my words. And you do. But because your words matter, what you really need to be aware of is your heart. Because your words matter and because your words have power to give life or to take it, you need to be transformed from the inside out by the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit my challenge is that we would recognize our words, we would recognize the significance of the things that we say, and ultimately that would lead us back to understanding that our heart is of the utmost importance. And so in a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. In a moment, we're going to Stand together and we're going to sing this song. And when we do that, our altar will be open. Our staff will be here at the front. We're ready to pray with people, ready to encourage you. But in the midst of all of that, can I challenge you that what we really want you to do more than anything else during this time of invitation, this time of response today, is to get past get past just the, the, the surface here, the outward and really zero in on the heart. If you say, you know what, I have a problem with my words, then don't just say, well, okay, then I need to do better. Then understand that the reason you have a problem with your words is because ultimately it's revealing a problem in your heart. And until you deal with the greater issue, the the inner problem of what's in your heart, your words are going to continue to be a struggle for you. Don't think that the answer is to try to swear less or the answer is to try to praise people more or the answer is to try to you know, offer little bits of wisdom and encouragement more rather than, you know, don't think that the answer is, well, I just need to speak fewer words in anger. No, what you need is you need to be transformed from the inside out. Your words matter because ultimately your re- words reveal your heart. So in this time of invitation today, I pray that we would be moved to, to look beyond just the, the, the surface, the outward, but we would, we would allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough before God to say, okay, Lord, what do my words reveal about my heart? What do they have to say about what's happening on the inside of me? And let God affect change from the inside out, from the heart out your mouth, Right? So when we move in just a moment if if God is speaking, I, I want to encourage you that you would come and that you would kneel here at the altar this morning, that you would in in prayer through through a, a manner of 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 worship, that you would respond in obedience by humbling yourself to say, God, I recognize that what I need is not just not just the the outward but the inward Lord, what I need is not just." to change what happens that everybody else sees, but to change what happens that maybe perhaps nobody else sees because it's, it's happening inside of me in my heart so that then what everyone else does see would be affected by that as well. And during this time of invitation, as I've said already, we'll be here at the front. We would love to pray with you, to encourage you somehow, even maybe to help you take those difficult first steps of acknowledging, of admitting that on your own you are powerless to affect this kind of change because this is ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit inside the life of the believer that has the power to tame the tongue, the way that James would say it. So in this time of response, I pray that we would all be moved to obedience, that we would be moved to look beyond just The words that come out our mouths, but ultimately to examine the heart that they come from. Would you pray with me?